In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So this is uh, the third Sunday of Easter, and we're going to continue with um, how the resurrection turns our world upside down. And um, we just read the passage from the Gospel of Luke, but really we're going to be preaching on the passage from the Acts of the Apostles, which actually begins a little bit earlier than the passage today was supposed to be. So let me just read um, Acts chapter 3 to you. Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a man, lame from birth, was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the Beautiful Gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms, and Peter directed his gaze at him as John did, and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong, and leaping up he stood and began to walk, and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple, asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. And while he clung to Peter and John, all the people, utterly astounded, ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people, Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety we have made him walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you have delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he decided to release him. But you denied the Holy and Righteous One and asked for a murder to be granted to you. And you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. And by his name, faith in his name, has made this man strong whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given this man the perfect health in the presence of you all. And so now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets, that his Christ would suffer, thus he fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn again, that your sins may be blotted out. The word of the Lord. And so, this is a great passage. Um, It sort of picked up, actually, as while he clung, the people were utterly astounded. So we definitely needed to hear the whole passage of what was happening. But I think the part that's... It's most important for us um, is sort of twofold. The first is that, um, do you think it's by our own power or our piety that we were able to heal this man? And I think that's a great question as we look at our world being turned upside down by the resurrection to come into, into asking, come into believing, come into being. Right? It's neither by our own power, neither by our own piety, that we have the power to heal, that we have the power to bless, that we have the power to pray for and, and offer God's grace and comfort and love. Right? It doesn't have anything to do with us. It is all Jesus. Right? Jesus is the one who's glorified. Jesus is the one who's giving us, given us power. Jesus is the one who defeated sin and death and the resurrection and turned the world upside down in that now we come to have this 
glorious ministry, this glorious partnership of the transforming power of the living God, whereby we're invited to bear witness to Jesus and to bear witness to the glory and grace of God and to the power of God. And, and not just bear witness by sort of being on the street corner and telling people about Jesus or bearing witness by giving our testimony or bearing witness by sitting next to the person on the airplane next to you and, and trying to tell them about Jesus. We bear witness by coming to understand that we have been given an opportunity to mimic Jesus in our life, to pray for people that they might be healed, to offer God's love and compassion that they might in us see Jesus, that we can love people not because they're lovable or not because we even like them, but because God has shown love to us and that we can represent and bring forth that love to other people that as Jesus said, people will know that you belong to me by your love for one another and moreover, your love for them, right? And this is the amazing aspect of what it is that we're invited into in Jesus Christ, not because of our own power and not even because we're so holy, not because of our piety, not because we've memorize the Bible, not because we go to church every week, not because we know the prayer book canticles and collects by heart, not because we know that the service begins on page 355 of the Book of Common Prayer, or that the general thanksgiving is on page 101. None of those things, right? We have the power to heal because Jesus has the power to heal, right? This is it. It's not our power. It's Jesus' power. It's not our piety. It's Jesus' holiness living in us through the Holy Spirit. And this is the glory, the glory of what this passage is today. Silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have in the name of Jesus I give to you. Rise, walk. And while it takes amazing faith and confidence in Jesus to be able to say that, it shouldn't take any to at least pray for somebody to be healed and, and having the confidence that God listens to prayers, that God listens to our prayers, that God answers prayers, that in the resurrection, Jesus is there with us as he's promised. And so this is the first the first aspect of the world being turned upside down. We often think that we need to be amazing Christians in order for God to work through us. That we have to be completely pious Christians in order for God to work through us. That we need to have all the right answers, do all the right things, that we have to follow a formula. A plus B plus C, that will lead to D, right? That we, if we don't follow the formula, then God can't work through us. And if we do, then maybe God will. 
But instead, Peter just says very plainly, why are you even shocked? Why are you even astounded this can happen? God's already done the most amazing thing through the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus has already done the most amazing thing by defeating death in the grave. All those things have been accomplished. Why should you be astounded that a lame man can walk? If Jesus has the power to do all these other things, he certainly has the power to do this. It's not our power. It's not our piety. It's Jesus. And that's the first thing. The second thing is, Peter just very plainly says, you denied this Jesus also. You denied him. You asked for the release of a murderer instead of the Holy One of Israel. You turned him over. But you acted in ignorance, just like our rulers did. And therefore, repent. Repent that your sins may be blotted out. And this invitation isn't just uh, a sort of repent that you might that you might get to go to heaven. Repent that your sins are blotted out so you can have eternal life. This is, you acted in ignorance about who Jesus was. Repent of that ignorance. You didn't know what you're doing, okay. But now you see the resurrection at work. Now you see the Christ in your midst. Now, looking at this lame man, stop being astounded and instead embrace the living God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, not a God of the dead, but of the living. Embrace this living God and be drawn into the work and wonder and power of the living God. Don't act in ignorance anymore. Now come to know who that is. Now come to faith. Now come to mission. Now come to proclamation. That your sins may be taken away, but primarily that sin of not recognizing who Jesus is and the love of God that is available in him. And again, as I said, this isn't just a go to heaven repentance or a burn eternal life repentance. This isn't just a repentance for those who now want to be baptized. This is a a repentance that's available even if you've been going to church your whole life, even if you've known Jesus your whole life, even if you've known the power of God's love your whole life, even if you've been sitting in that pew with a prayer book and the Bible, singing the hymns your whole life. Because there's that other reality that when we see people healed 
we're astounded. When we see people's lives transform, we're amazed. And it's this repentance that we're invited into, right? That we too might know the glory of Jesus, the resurrection power as an ordinary thing. That we might see Jesus at work in our lives and through our lives as an ordinary thing. That we might see the miraculous work of the resurrection where God's love has turned the world upside down as an ordinary thing. Not to be amazed or astounded, but expected. We might expect God's healing to burst forth. We might expect God's love to shine through. We might expect God's power to transform lives. That those who are broken are made whole. That forgiveness can triumph over everything. Certainly over grudges. Right? There's this new way that God's love can pierce us. You don't have to hold on to anger and bitterness, despair, rage, addiction, all of these things, right? God can come in and heal and bless, renew, restore, empower. Those sins can be blotted out and you can have the love and joy of Jesus Christ living deep within you. This is the repentance that we're invited into. That's a repentance that's never too late to have. And one then, that then we can live fully into because it isn't our piety. It isn't our power. It's the power of Jesus Christ living and working in us. This is a great passage. As we look at how the world has been turned upside down, this is a great passage for how our lives can be turned upside down. The expectation of what God can do. That a God who can raise Jesus to life can also raise new life in us. And we can have impact on the lives around us that they too might know the glory of that amazing love. So I invite you, I invite you to embrace the living God. I invite you to repent of those things, those images, those stereotypes that you might have of God. And instead embrace the God who wants to come in and turn your life upside down and invite you to heal, invite you to be a vessel of love, a vessel of grace, a vessel of promise, a vessel of hope. And take comfort in the fact that it's not you who has to do it. 
It's God working in you, through you, empowering you, that will bring you to do amazing things in the lives of his people. Come, join me. Let us go, declaring God's grace and love into this hurting and broken world. There's nothing amazing about it other than the fact that it's us who get to do it. But it's the power of Jesus Christ working in us. And for that, I give great thanks that it's not up to me. It's not up to how good I am, but how good God is. Amen.